Okay, you can you can go ahead when you're ready. Hey, this is Edwin Melendez, uh, owner. Uh, la, 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 la. See, look, I told you I'm bad at this. Hey, this is Edwin Melendez, owner of Wind Choreography, and you are listening to the Lex. Lex la, Hey, this is Edwin Melendez. <laughs> Bruh. Jello. And look, now I got Jello over here jumping on me. Stop. <laughs> Come down. Right. Jello. All right, take uh, 65. Hey, this is Edwin Melendez, owner of Wind Choreography, and you are listening to the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. Edwin, welcome to the show, man. Hey, I'm so excited. It's been it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about it for a minute. I feel like I say that to every guest. It's like, dude, we've been talking about this for a minute, but you're finally here. We're supposed to have you on, what, during the summer sometime? But you got, you got oh. booked for more choreography. So it was a couple months ago that we, we talked and it was just a schedule that that couldn't get me, give me time to you know, to finally sit down and, and get to do this. But now that I'm back home for a little bit, able to sit down, um, I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta reach out to Jason and, and, and let him know that I'm, I got some time available. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Cause uh, there's going to be a great, I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where people who love cheer are going to love this episode, right? Just two friends talking cheer and you know what they love about it. And just everything because you, you know, you're Edwin. Come on, man. So, for those of you who don't know Edwin, uh, we're going to dive into a story. Obviously, he is a choreographer and one of my dear, great friends. And so, this is going to be a special episode right here. So, um, Edwin, talk to the people. How did you get into cheer? Uh, all right. So, I actually started off in the dance world, uh, I started off as a dancer. Uh, and I was on a dance team. I tried out and, um, anyone, if there's anyone listening who actually was or is in the dance world would understand that like back in the day, the dance world was, it was brutal. It was ruthless. Like the way you would get auditions, um, isn't like how it is now, you know, now you could just go on like social media and, and, and kind of grab a a quick little audition by just uploading. But back then I used to train at a studio called Millennium um, and I would scrounge up my change and I would be able to uh, rent out a, the studio for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Uh, this was when I was in high school. And so that's how I would get my auditions. You would just leave your door open and people would come by and just watch you dance. And then so if people liked how you dance, they'd be like, hey, come by to this audition. And so uh, I wanted to be in the music videos. I wanted to do the tours. I wanted to perform at the VMAs. I wanted to be that backup dancer. I wanted to do, I, that's what I wanted to do like as, as a kid growing up. 
And so, um, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm six, six, one, you know, 200 pounds, but I was over 300 pounds back in the day. And everybody at every audition would say, we love how you dance. We love how you dance, but you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. It was always that you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. And so finally one day, um, I had this, this audition with who at the time was my idol, which that person shall name, uh, shall, their name will not be named. <laughs> we ain't trying to turn this into cheer TMZ. Um, <laughs> right. And so I auditioned and he told me to quit in front of everyone in the, in the mm -hmm. audition. And so I did, I was like, you know, my idol just told me to quit. You know, and to me, he was like the end all be all. And yeah. in that moment, I was just, I was doing everything on my own. I had no support from like my family, nothing like that. It was just, I just love dance. And so I quit that day. I quit. And maybe two, two and a half weeks later, uh, two of my best friends called me. Uh, one of them had their own little, like little cheer team and mm -hmm. practicing at a park, uh, you know, just doing their own thing. And we're like, hey, do you want to do cheerleading? And I was like, cheerleading? I was like, nobody wants to do cheerleading. <laughs> um, and I so one day I just kind of like went to go check it out. And I was like, you know what, why not? Let's go try it. And I just kind of like fell in love with it. And everything, everything, um, not too long after that, excuse me, not too long after that, I, went into like a, a full like actual all-star program with like a facility all that who was highly competitive in our area and everything that i was shunned for um in dance and what they didn't like about me with my height and my size and my weight i was praised for and appreciated for in all-star because i was the taller guy i was the bigger guy i was able to hold up the flyers i was able to co-ed i taught myself yeah. a back handspring within the first hour and a half of being in the gym um, and weighing yeah. as much as I could, you know? Um, and that was my senior year of high school. And so with me having to, um, with me having the background of dance and I would do, I would choreograph my own dances right after, um, that senior year, I kind of like approached my coach and I was like, Hey, if you need some help, I would, I would love to, to, to help out. And sure enough, the following season, I was coaching just about every team in the gym, doing all the classes. Uh, I was the first one in the gym. I was the last one in the gym. And then I started choreographing, um, all my, all my, all my routines. Um, and then ever since then, I, ever since I started coaching, I would always choreograph my routines. Um, and then I did not start when choreography, like, you know, opening it up to everyone, um, until I want to say, actually we're going on, uh, year 10. So coming up on, on 10 years, this congrats, this man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So good stuff. That's man. a little bit of my journey. <laughs> All right, dude. And you know, I want to keep going down the journey. But I gotta ask. I, I want to ask. I want to ask this because I feel like a lot of this is not. 
isolated just to dance, but also there's the body image problem in cheerleading, right? And so how did you deal? You have this coach telling you over and over, man, you're fat, you're fat, right? And that's, you know, it's a pretty blunt way to say something, right? Like, so how did you deal, especially as a teenager, like, so how did you deal and what advice do you have to give to athletes, you know, in cheer who might be listening in your same position right now? You know, it was at that time when I was auditioning for all these, whatever the audition was for, for you know, for it could have been a TV show, or it could have been a, a you know, a, a tour or a music video. I, I just used it as a fuel. I used it as motivation. And I think it's because I was doing everything so independently that I just said, I'm okay, you know what? I'm just going to take it and I'm just going to run with it and and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Because for all the no's that I got, I was hoping for that one yes. And um, and it's the same thing, like, for instance, with with athletes now that are in cheerleading, you know, you can you can practice as hard as you can every single day. That does not mean that you're going to get that gold that you're going to get that, that world, that, uh, that title or that win, but winning isn't everything it's wanting to. So if you want to win, it's putting yourself in that position to want to be successful on whatever it is that you do, cheerleading, dance, whatever, you know, outside, you can study super, super hard on that test. That does not mean that you're going to pass that test. But the point is that as long as you try, that's all you can do. You know, um, and I think that's what it was for me as a as a teenager was I was getting all these no's. But if I love something, I'm going to keep putting 110 percent into it. And so that's kind of like where my motivation stemmed was just, you know, this is what you love and you love to dance and you want and this is what you want to do. So do it and just keep going at all, whatever cost it meant. All right, Edwin. So I want to hop into, I want to keep hearing your story, but I really just want to hear like Europe because you're so passionate about cheerleading. Like I just want to get some of your, I just want to talk cheerleading with you and just hear some of your opinions and your takes and just, you know, how you feel about just cheerleading in general and just share your passion with the world. So let's start here. We're going to dive into choreography in a little bit, but I want to start here with just cheerleading in general. So like what makes good cheerleading? For me, for me, when I watch good, when I watch a routine and when it's easy to read, when it's easy to understand what you are trying to portray in your, Jason, I got this from you, in your pictures. What are your <laughs> pictures saying? Um, that is what good cheerleading is to me. Um, I don't want to have to second guess, like, uh, was that supposed to be, you know, or were they supposed, was that intended? When you are intentional um, in your sections that are smooth and easy to read, to me, that's good cheerleading. Obviously, on top of technique and performance and all that is obviously a, a given. Um, but to me is when when you can read the routine um, and it's seamless and you don't have to second guess. To me, that's good cheerleading. No, yeah, for sure. And that's 
that's me too. You know, obviously, uh, you knew oh, you already knew I was going to say that. I just love good, clean. You know, like you said, easy pictures to read. Like just easy, nice, easy pictures to read. You know, um, you know. So I think about that. Well, here, let me ask you: When you think of what good cheerleading is, what what t- team or gym you can name either one? Do you think of specifically when you're just like that? Is just that is what cheerleading is supposed to be? Uh, it's such a hard question. I guess it would be. I'm gonna give you an all girl and a co-ed one. Okay, so I'm gonna do orange for all girl. I just love their cleanliness. Like they will give you the skill and they're going to give you clean. So check me out. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for co-ed, I'm going to have to give it to two. It's going to be Brandon Singer Black or TGLC. I really like... Yeah, BSB for me does good cheerleading and then TJLC gives me good cheerleading with that innovation and they push the envelope. Um, so I just enjoy the balance of the two. So I honestly, I couldn't even pick between the two. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to uh, Shay Crawford, uh, tumbling director at Brandon's friend of the show. You know, he listens faithfully. So um, he actually just texted me before uh, the pod started. He's like, Hey man, uh, talk to me about the pod that just came out today. So obviously we've mentioned wind choreography a few times, your choreography company, but you went from coaching to directing to owning a gym, and then you decided to leave that part of cheerleading and and just do choreography full-time. So what was that decision like, and then what was that transition like for you? Uh, the decision came from, you know, you, you come – you cross paths with people that, uh, how do you say this politely? <laughs> you cross paths with people that, child, that part, um, that aren't for you, right? And when you're, when you are in a business type of relationship, uh, you have to make some hard decisions for, for your health, your mental health. Um, and you get to a certain point in your life, in your career, where you start to understand what is for you and what isn't for you. Um, and you sometimes have to make those hard decisions to, to look out for yourself. And it, and so that's what I chose to do. I chose to be a selfish person to choose my mental health, um, over, um, over what I really wanted to do. Right. I wanted to stay, I wanted to, you know, do what I was doing cause we were, I was doing it the right way. Uh, I saw the results we were growing, um, and yeah, I just, I chose to walk away from it, uh, not to get like, again, deep, dark, <laughs> deep, uh, and in, into a dark story, but you know, there was a point in my life a couple of years back where I was in that dark space. Um, 
and it was reminding me of of that that mental space of of where I did not want to be again. And so I chose me. I chose I chose me, and I knew that creating uh, and choreography made me happy. And so um, that's when I chose. You know what? I'm just going to walk away from the owning, directing, coaching aspect of it. And and that's when I finally walked away from it. And um, it's been the greatest thing, honestly. And it's, I will say the transition was a little hard during the summer months, like July, July, August, September. I was like, okay, because I'm used to being gone July through September and then I'll be back by October and then start, got to start getting ready for showcase and then got to start getting ready for the first competition. Um, when September hit, I was like, I don't have to get ready for showcase. I don't have to get ready for the first competition. Like that was really weird. Uh, it was some adjusting, you know, cause it's, it's all I've known for so long. And so I, yeah, it was a little weird. Um, and then I got into judging. Um, and that was, that was, uh, weird also. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm at a competition, but I don't have to go meet my team. I don't have to go warm up. I ain't got to go to get these score sheets and, and get these points back. Like what's going on? You know, it's, it's just some adjusting to do. Um, but then once I looked into more of my choreography lifestyle, it's like, okay, well, you know, as a coach, you get to see this athlete from from the beginning of the season, and then you're then you get to see the end result of the routine at you know the end season events. Um, but I'm like, you know what? It's kind of the same thing with choreography. You walk into this gym and you you build a relationship with these programs and with these athletes, and you get to see these transitions that they couldn't get or they couldn't do at the beginning, and then you see it like cleaned up months in advance or months later. Um, and you're like, okay, you know, you kind of, you, you, you still feel a part of a program because, you know, as a coach, you, you're always a part of a program because you're always coaching that program or, or those teams. And so as a choreographer, I kind of flipped the switch of, I am a part of this program and multiple programs because I was able to choreograph for them. And I get to see my work from point A to point Z um, at the end of it. Uh, but yeah, that's just, it's, it, it was an adjustment, but I'm, I'm happy with the decision that I made. Um, and I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA All-Star champions, NCAA Collegiate champions, Summit champions, and D2 Summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins, or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Love that. So let me ask you this. You already said it was a great decision. You don't regret it, um, you know, and you had some hard times on the other side of cheerleading. 
but obviously choreography isn't always sunshine and rainbows. So give me, what are some of the hardest parts about just being a full-time choreographer? The hardest parts about being a full-time choreographer. Um, I will say this, this year has probably been the hardest one for me. Um, I was gone from June all the way until November. Um, without having to come home. Usually I'll schedule myself, you know, two days, come back home, you know, wash, repack or whatnot. Probably like two or three times out of the summer. Um, but this year, or yeah, this year I didn't come home at all. Uh, I will say the hardest parts was just getting that homesick feeling, being home, laying in my own bed or sitting on my own couch, being with my dog, um, just relaxing, you know, just trying to do or feel like a human, you know, cause I, I, I don't get that. I don't get that luxury. I call it luxury, you know, for everyone else, it's, it's, it's just an everyday thing just cause they have that, that, uh, in person, they get to see everyone that they love on a day-to-day -day basis or with their kids or their brothers and sisters, mom and dad. I don't get that luxury. Um, you know, getting those text messages or those Snapchats or Instagram posts from our friend, from my friends that are like, we miss you and we wish you were here. And I'm missing birthday parties, weddings, uh, you know, these, these big events that everyone gets to go to and I don't. You know, those are, those, I will say those are probably, that was the hardest, that was for sure the hardest thing that I have had to endure this year. Um, and you get, you know, I, I live out of my suitcase for all these months and I go to hotel to hotel, no home cooked meals. Uh, I got to, you know, wash my clothes in, in the hotels and hope that they have a laundromat. If not, I got to haul everything over in an Uber to, to the laundromat and, and, um, try to make it work. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It was tough, but nonetheless, I do it for the kids. I, I, I do it because I love this. And like I said earlier, like with, with the whole dance story is, um, you know, as tough as it is, you have to find your why. And my why is kids and, and I love creating and I just, I don't know, is it, I get a, a fulfillment when I see the, the, the videos of their full outs or at a competition or, you know, when, when, whether, whether they win or lose, the point is that I was a part of that and it makes me feel good. And that's what, what keeps me feeling to keep going. No, exactly. And I can totally empathize with that now. We do, Ashley and I, we do our camps and we travel around a little bit. Now, we're not out as much as you are during the summer, but, you know, we have pretty much every weekend we have available is booked working with another gym. And I was telling Ashley, probably at the end of the summer, I was like, Ashley, I really want to reduce, like, the amount of camps that we do next season. Now, I already know. I, we have lots of people who listen, who we do camps with, and they're like, I hope he's not taking us off the schedule. Um, but, <laughs> but I, you know, we're missing friends' birthday parties and, you know, their kids' birthday parties and just events, right? And I was just like, I don't want to miss this stuff anymore. You know, like, 
we're just at a different point in our life. And I don't want to miss all of our friends events that we can't be a part of. It's always like, you know, the kids are always like, sorry, I have cheer. Right. But it's the same thing. You know, we're working on all these camps and I don't, obviously everyone has to have a job, right? You work Monday through Friday, but to work Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, right. Right. Like you're never able to do anything. Um, you know, it gets, it can wear on you for sure. And so I can only imagine what it's like to be in your shoes where you are literally on the road the entire time. Like at least I'm home, you know, during the weekdays It's just like my, you know, lots of my weekends are eaten up during the summer, but for you, you know, once June hits, you know, you're gone and you're, you know, like you said, living out of your suitcase, having to find laundry mats, you know, you, you know, you got to find, you have to create a whole new social life. You know, and it's like uh, you're like a party of one, right? And you're just going through like, I guess I'll go to the hotel bar and just grab a drink, like by my lonesome, right? So I, I could totally empathize with that, um, with that feeling of like, man, this is this is kind of exhausting. So you know, coaches, next time you see your choreographer, when your choreographer comes in, make sure you show him or her some love, like right, because they're you know might seem all fun, but they, you know they got real struggles too. So give them a hug, give her a hug, and make them feel you know warm and welcome. Because this is a, I can imagine that it's a very wearing job for you as far as that part is concerned. No, for sure it is. It, it, it's it's exhausting. Um, the way I will say the way that I get re-inspired is by the team, you know, uh, and that's something that I, that I tell the team or whatever team is in front of me when we're first starting, I was like, you know, I'm on the road and we do cheerleading all day, every day, you know, 12, sometimes 14, 15 hours, um, a camp session. I said, you inspire me. You know, like if you are going to give me 110, then you're going to challenge me to get, give you more, which is just going to make your routine just that more exciting. So, um, that, and I, I make that a point to tell them before we start our camp session. So they understand they're going to, they're going to guide, they're going to direct me to what their routine is going to be. You give me 110, I'm going to give you 110. You give me 40. I'll give you 39, <laughs> you know, it's, just, <laughs> I mean, but it's true, especially when, when you're on the road for this long and, and you're doing it back to back to back to back, you know, you, you, that's really where you, I find at least my inspiration. Cause I can, I can go above and beyond, but if you're not going to match me that energy, then you know what, there's really no point. So I said this before, hey guys, when your choreographers come in, coaches, make sure you give them a hug, you know, give them a kiss, whatever it is, make sure you treat them right. But for real, what is like the best gift? I'm not talking about like an actual like, you know, bouquet or whatever. What's like the best gift that coaches can give their choreographers as far as like the teams are concerned? Um, you know what? I've, I, again, it's not, again, like you said, it's, it's not like just being a gift and, and we got to please the choreographer and give them all these, these things. What I have, um, what I have ex experienced, which is actually really, really nice. Uh, shout out to, they're no longer around, but to Jen from Hot Cheer and, and my other client who is still around and I've been with them for going on four seasons now. Um, Kylie from Magnolia. Um, they'll ask, they'll text me 
and say, oh, actually, uh, let me not forget the other one, Victory. I can't forget you either. Um, they'll ask me and they'll be like, hey, what are, what are some, some drinks or some snacks that you like? And, and, um, and they'll make me a little basket. And what they'll do is they'll check into my room before I even land and they'll just leave a basket there with whatever little snacks and, and waters or drinks that I like. And it just makes it easier for me. Uh, and I appreciate it because then, you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Maybe I want a snack or uh, restaurants close early wherever I'm at in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I can't grab a drink or something. And, and I'm like, you know what? Oh, they, they got me this, my favorite juice. And I'll just go to my, my little basket and grab like a little juice. And um, they, that makes me, I appreciate that. You know, those things are, are really appreciative uh, about, and then, you know, then just asking me during choreo, like, hey, we're going on break soon. Uh, what do you want for lunch? Or, you know, this is what we can get you or stuff like that. It's just, it makes my job a little bit smoother because then if a team goes on break and they're like, oh, well, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. What's nearby? And then by the time that the food arrives, it's already time to start choreo. So then I'm over here trying to like eat and trying to do choreo at the same time. And I don't want to be eating in front of the kids. Like that's not respectful to them, even though they just ate. But um, yeah, it's those little things. Or maybe I can just be like, oh, look, I you guys gave me those those uh, pistachios and I'll just grab them out of my bag and I'll just like snack on them on the way. So it's just those little things that make our jobs a little bit easier and smoother to go by for sure. So speaking of making your job easier and smoother to go by, what about the, um, the kids? How can the, well, how can the coaches, what do the coaches need to do to the kids so that they are ready Teacher for you? How to seat roll. Teach your kids how to seat roll before choreography. Please teach your kids how to seat roll. Lord G. Actually, okay, no, I'm, I'm, come on, yelling. Okay, no, but for real, number one, teach your kids how to seat roll. Number two, teach your kids how to move in a sponge, load, squish, whatever you call them, preps. Uh, if they're level two and above extensions and one legged stunts, those are the most important. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Surprisingly this year, uh, a lot of kids did not know what a candlestick was like level three hmm. and above. I'm like, oh, all right, we're going to do a candlestick. And they're like, what? Yeah. Uh, literally I had a lot of these motions. They were like candlestick. And I was like, that's not. That's not the skill that I was trying to have you do. I'm not teaching you emotion. I'm trying to teach you an actual yeah. like tumbling candlestick. And they're like, oh, oh. I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, we, I, I, I've wasted a lot of time during choreo teaching seat rolls, um, and learning how to walk in a in a in a load position. Um, that is for sure an important important thing that is not taught. Um, by coaches before choreography. I'm not sure when we started doing it, but we started doing it at American. It wasn't at PCM, but one thing, it, it was because of PCM. Every year we would get 
we do choreography. Choreographer comes in and do, does the stunt section and wants to do a formation change in the stunt section. And right, and so we do the formation change, and the kids are dying all over the place trying to walk in libs or cupies or whatever it is. And I'm like, man, these kids are like, no, there's not gonna be a formation change. We can't walk in libs. Like we can't do it, right? But it's like one thing choreographers always want to do. You do the stunt section. It's got to have a formation change. And it looks a lot more powerful when the kids are in the air doing the formation change. And so we started doing, eventually when I got to American, we started, like, it's part of like our warm up that we walk in preps and that they have to walk down and back in the, on the floor in preps. And it, it just makes things 10 times easier when we actually go to do choreography or pyramids or whatever the case may be that the kids actually know how to walk in all directions in preps right and they can turn in circles and do all those things and not only preps but obviously if you can do it in a prep you're able to extend it and do another in other things like that the concept's the same but that is one of those things that makes it 10 times easier for your choreographer. Cause I can't tell you how many times we've taken out formation changes when they're like, Oh, now we're going to move in the libs. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we're not. <laughs> you see that kid? She just died. No, it's it's yeah, definitely important. For sure. It's for sure important. Um, cause it's easy. Cause then I could just say, all right, you're going to seat roll that way. And I'll just point and be like, seat roll that way. And okay, okay. Boom. Formation change already, already happened. Or, Hey, you're going to spin towards your right shoulder in a prep. You're going to walk in a circle. Okay. Boom. Walk in a circle instead of having to do it 10 times, you know, uh, and it, first we got to teach the, the, the spacing. Okay. We're going to walk this way. Then we got to teach the actual spinning and we got to mark it and then make sure that this group does it this way. And then this way, that way, that way, this way, that way. And then, okay, let's all do it together one at a time or, you know, and then by that point, we've already wasted 15, 20, mm -hmm. 30 minutes, depending on how fast the, the team learns choreography. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I would say yeah. those, those. So now you're spending time coaching and not choreography, you know, doing choreography, right? Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get here. So what part of choreography and I, I know the dance, the answer is dance. So let's the next part of choreography. What part, what part of choreography came the most natural to you besides, you know, dances, which I'm guessing was the most natural for you. And then follow up. What, what did you have to study the most? Like what took you the longest to actually like get a hold of? Um, I want to say formations, just like I liked playing with shapes and the lines. Um, because when I first started coaching, it was very cookie cutter, everything front and back, side to side. And I just, I just remember having that, that feeling of like, I just want to do something different. Um, and I remember the first routine that I was able to, well, even though it was, it was a dance, but I, I was like, I just want to try something different. Um, and I think that's what, what came the most easiest to me is allowing myself to go outside that box where I didn't choreograph to the norm or what the norm was at the time. Um, that's what came easiest to me is just allowing myself to, to play with shapes and lines. Um, and then what was the second question? What was the it's hardest so, thing for you to grasp? Honestly, what did you have to study the most? I will not even lie, running tumbling sections are not my fave to this day. They haven't been since day one and they will still not <laughs> yeah. be today. I, it's just, I just, I don't know. I just don't like them. I, I don't, I got to get Susie Q from panel nine all the way over to the opposite end on third panel to the left. Uh-uh, child, 
I just don't. Those are because it's not something that I enjoy. It is something that I have challenged myself to play with shapes mm-hmm. again. So, like, I will shout out to Troy um, and yeah. Fantasy. If if you watch some of the the fantasy routines that I have done for 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 him um, back in the day, he allowed me to play with shapes. So, like, my non tumblers, I would use them to intertwine in the middle during during uh, formations, and, or excuse me, during the running tumbling formations. Uh, because it's just the typical. The typical was, okay, you're not a tumbler, go to the back. And I was like, no, I want to change that. Like, we all got to do something. Like, we got to support our tumblers. And if my yeah. non-tumblers aren't doing tumbling, then I have to use them to help the bottom end of the score sheet to to get that creative that creative aspect mm-hmm. of the score sheet. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we play with pom-poms. Yeah. We throw them up in the air. I mean, right and yes, I love that routine. Thank you. I you did an excellent it. job we, with that routine. Um, I mean, we had girls punch front, you know, over girls, step out through the fools and doubles and stuff like that. Um, even when I coached Resurrection, I had tumblers tumbling over people, you know, things that just you weren't seeing at, during that uh, time with uh, in that level. And so because I'm not the biggest fanatic of the running tumbling sections, I always try to challenge myself to do something than just the ordinary, okay, go here, go here, go here, go here, go here. There you go. You know, I really, you mentioned Top Gun was like one of those teams earlier, but I really like their tumbling sections. They do, they always do a really good job with their tumbling sections. It's always like, man, I've never seen like that before where, you know, they're all, you know, they all do Arabians and they go down on a knee and now their people are going to tumble over those kids and then do all this stuff. But yeah, they always, they always like have really creative you know the elements one, in their the running, one tumbling, running section. tumbling section from Top Gun that uh, TGLC specifically that always just, is is here is yeah i can't remember what year it was i don't know if it was 2008 it was when the the wave of punch front through the doubles go and there's that one girl standing in the middle yeah and she's just like doing all the choreo and then they just punch front they all go so fun fact is yeah when i when i coached resurrection uh 2016 if you go mm-hmm. back and watch the video, I got inspired by that by that running tumbling section. Granted that I didn't do the exact same thing. There wasn't like a person there, but yeah. I, I, as many punch front through the fools and doubles that I had on the team, I actually got inspired by them to just like throw all them all at once. Um, but yeah, that, that routine yeah. sure stays embedded in, or that section stays embedded in my head. My guess with that year, it was... I feel like it was 2009, the 2008, 2009 season. Cause 2007 was the year they did the, um, whoop, like that back and forth thing. Like the year everyone's like, Oh, top good. Like that was insane. Like, what was that? And, and, but they did four, they did like four, if memory serves correctly, they did four punch front through the doubles. The next year they did like eight punch front through the doubles in 2008. And I'm pretty sure it was the 2009 season where they just had an absurd amount of like punch front through the doubles all go at the same time with that girl in the middle. And you're like, that was kind of a lot of kids. Like how do you even fit that many kids on the floor tumbling in all different directions? It wasn't front to back. It, it was like yeah. all different directions. The kids were going. Yeah. yeah. Top gun was on a run. back. It was then. so that crazy. Was Cause like, even when I was choreographing, like when I was choreographing resurrections world's routine and I was like, I was struggling and I had not even half of what they were throwing in that routine. And I was like, 
how did they do this? Like, I don't understand. And I would go back and watch the video and I'm like, yeah, Victor, you know what? You did your big one. Victor, you did that. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's so crazy. All right. So let's go here. We talked about, you know, that little run that Top Gun had, like some old school cheerleading. What do you, what do you miss about just any other time period of cheerleading? I'm not telling you to say it was, this was so much better back then, but is there a specific part of cheerleading, like something about cheerleading that you miss that you wish um, that we did nowadays? You know what I do miss is I, I'm going to speak specifically here in California. I miss when there was the the Lady Bullets, the Diamonds, Fantasy, OC. I want to say they were black. I miss those like worlds, teams, competitions that we would like drive to just to oh so and so is going back to uh, like they're they're going to be competing against each other this weekend and. We would like I would drive all the way to San Diego to go see our world teams in California like, compete against each other. And then yeah. I remember American Showcase in Anaheim. That was like our world showcase. Like everybody mm-hmm. would go, even though it was a competition, yeah. but everybody would go to go watch what these teams were going to do at the world championship. I miss that. That's what yeah. I miss. I miss that excitement of like, ooh, you know, because. YouTube wasn't really much of a thing. I mean, it was just starting, but it wasn't like, oh, this team is going to perform and it's going to be uploaded on YouTube after, you know, the team gets water and then they get dismissed or whatever. Um, Yeah, I miss that. Like, I miss that excitement. Now it's just like, okay, it'll be on Twitter in like 20 minutes. Like, it'll be fine. Or, you know, yeah, that's what I miss, at least speaking in California for me. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good one. And, you know, back at that same era, this is actually what I thought you were going to say, but it reminded me of, like, the senior world's division, not international, but talking about high, kids in high school. That division is, like, there's we don't, they don't exist anymore. Like, we don't have any more senior world's teams that we used to. So, obviously, California All-Stars, I, I'm guessing they have Lady Bullets. I'm, I'm not even sure if they – rumor has it. Someone correct me. I have no idea. But I heard they don't have both teams. Like, they don't have Lady Bullets and Cali Coed. Like, they have one or the other. I have no I idea how true that is. That's what I heard. But there we go. Right? So, they have Cali Coed, right? And I don't even know if they're a senior yeah, team. They right. might be international as well. So – but remember, but back in the day, we used to have senior world's teams, right? And now it doesn't really, it seems like it's a, like we don't have those anymore, at least out here on the West Coast, where we have high school age kids with other high school age kids doing world's routines. Like everyone is an international team, which is cool. Um, but, you know, it is really special to see high school age kids be able to do these like such elite skills with other high school age kids. Right. So that's like really what I miss is the, when you'd go to one of these events, right. You'd go to spirit sports, like you said, American showcase, American grand, one of these things and see the small senior five division or see the, you know, 
not I guess large co-eds never really be anything but Cali co-ed, but you know, small co-ed division, right? Mm-hmm. You know, small co-ed used to be a deep division just in California, right? Or on the West Coast it was. And we don't really see that anymore the way that we used to. So you reminded me of that. That's something I miss about uh, you know, cheerleading in general. But you know, times change, I guess. Um let's hop here. Uh we were talking about choreography, but I don't want to forget to ask you this. Uh, there's there's a young choreographer listening right now. Someone who's like, dude, I can do this. I know I can do this as a girl. Who's like, I can do. I can put together routines. So, what advice do you have for the young choreographer or someone who wants to be a choreographer one day? What's like a tip or a trick or just something you know to give them, you know, before they get started or if they're just now getting started? Allow yourself to fail. Allow yourself to try something new don't don't try to follow whatever the um the fad is in the moment of like what everyone is what everyone's doing you know maybe study maybe watch routines like watch different routines and see which one you gravitate to more and then study that routine as to why 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 do you like that routine more why do you like that style more? Um, that would be probably my 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 tip is just just try, you know, try and, and don't be afraid to to not succeed and 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 to fail. Honestly, um, that's the only way you're going to grow is is by allowing yourself to to give you that window to try and to you know if it works it works and if it doesn't then let's let's figure something else out. That that would be my thing. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Now, we already told you this, or we already told you this. We already uh, told the audience this, that you are passionate. You are the most passionate people I know when it comes to the sport of cheerleading. So passionate that you got five, six, seven, eight tattooed on you. So I don't know the story behind this, so I'm going to learn this as, as the audience learns this. But why? Obviously, it's five, six, seven, eight. But give mm. me, like, the story behind five, six, seven, eight. All right. So, um like I said earlier, when I left the dance world, um, my two best friends had contacted me about doing cheerleading. And obviously I was against it. You know, fast forward, I fell in love with it. And so here we are. Uh, the person who got me into cheerleading passed away in 2019. And um, when shutdown happened uh you know you know we were all quarantined and couldn't really do anything there was a little uh there's a walking trail uh behind my apartment where i lived and i would take that walk every day between 6 30 and 7 o'clock every day every day for months and so i just got to thinking i was like thinking about my my teen years growing up with my best friends and just like hanging out um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, there was always five of us, you know, and every time we hung out, there was always five of us. And so I was like, oh, five. And so then I was like, oh, and then I was thinking about my best friend. And when she passed and I was like, oh, that was June. And I was like, oh, that's a, a six. Um, and so the seven has two different meanings. Um, one is my best friend's Megan's birthday, who, um, 
I'm still best friends with now. She's like, she's my sister, my little Buddha. Um, and on the 20, and her birthday's on the 27th, excuse me. And on the 27th, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll grab a, a ticket to go visit my other best friend who was in Las Vegas. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just grab a ticket. I'll grab it tomorrow. Cause I lived like 15 minutes away from the airport, quick little flight over to Vegas. It's a 45 minute flight. And I was like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and grab it and, and I'll grab it tomorrow. And then I'll go and visit her and surprise her really quick for like a day or two. And then I'll come back home. Cause we were going on 4th of July vacation. So I had like two weeks off and I hadn't seen her. Um, and then the eight stands for the 28th, which is when my best friend died. Uh, and I woke up that morning and I got a message saying that she had passed away. And so, um, I was thinking about everything and it was five, six, seven, eight, and I was just walking and, um, yeah, I was walking and I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, five of us always hanging out. I was like six, the month of June. I was like, your birthday's on the 27th. I was going to grab the ticket on the 27th. And then she passed on the 8th. And I was like, oh my God, choreography, cheerleading. She introduced me to cheerleading. She's not here anymore. Uh, I actually started a foundation um, after her uh, where I would pay uh, athletes tuition. Um, it's called the Chris Infini uh, Chris's mm -hmm. Infinity Foundation. And I was just, and I was like, it's okay, just yeah. fitting, you know, there's just no way um, that I, I should not not get this. And then obviously I got it here because when I choreograph, I wear my headphones and then obviously it ties in with cheerleading, it ties in with music, it ties in with dance, it ties in with my best friend. It, ju it just felt right. And so I ended up getting the tattoo on her second anniversary of her passing. Um, and then my best friend also got uh, Megan got her Chris's birthday on her foot um, and we got it together on the same day. Yeah. So that's what gotcha. my, my tattoo is. And it's actually kind of, it, it, it's kind of, it's neat um, because of its purpose and stuff. But then I, I get to see kids that I've worked with before. Actually, this just happened two weeks ago out in Myrtle beach. Um, and one of the girls uh, came up to me after we did some choreography together and she was like, I remember you from last year and I remember you telling us about your tattoo after we asked you. She was, I'll never forget that. And I just kind of mm -hmm. like stood there like I didn't know what to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, you don't realize the impact that you have on, on these kids, you know, when you're standing in front of them. And so the fact that she yeah. remembered this tattoo that means so much to me, um, that you know just a regular person seeing it, it's gonna be like oh five six seven eight but each number has its own meaning to it um yeah it yeah. made me feel good all right here we go so let's get back to some uh cheerleading you can only watch one routine for the rest of your life what are you watching mm -hmm. maryland twisters f5 2011 finals go <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <Hey>, finals. <laughs> you always gotta distinguish finals or prelims. It's like, no, well, they right. had um what was that routine? Me and you both said that routine. Um what routine was it that one time we were talking? Um Top Gun, it was TGLC. What year? I can't remember what year it was now. Oh, 2005, I think. Yes. And we're like, the cheer sport routine. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, specifically the cheer sport routine was really good. Yeah. Worlds wasn't really all that, but the cheer, the 2005 cheer oh sport God. was. I, yeah, that, that would be my co-ed one. For sure. 
my all girl one would be Marilyn Sosa F5, and then my code one would definitely yeah. be Cheer Sport 2004 with the guy holding the camera screaming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes the video. That absolutely Stand makes back. the video. Stand up, <laughs> clean the floor. I want to hit the kids. Yell for four. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Oh and and what I'm talking 20, about. Well, which reminds me of like uh, the screaming and all that stuff. Brandon Senior Black 2016 when they finally hit and the whole arena erupts just goes bananas. Like I will never I was yeah. in there because resurrection was about to go up and I'm over here sweating, praying, you know, and the whole arena like my shirt was like because it was it was insane. I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff, man. Real good stuff. So we brought up Resur- – or you just brought up Resurrection. So now I want to go here. Talk to me about just a great – tell me a story from a great personal victory that you've had. Now I know you've won several championships, either coach, choreographer, as an athlete. So you can talk about you know a specific championship or just like a personal victory to you. Like what is just a story that just – like you're never going to forget it or just a special moment for you? Uh, let's see. Okay. As a coach, I'll say, you know, resurrection, when we got our, our paid bid at jams 2016 meant a lot to me. Um, we actually had a a web series, um, and it was documented and you can see me boohooing like a little girl. Uh, but when you feel like you put so much into into these, you know, I mean, they're adults, but into these kids, you know, to, to you as a coach of your kids. Um, it just, it, it, it's something very special. That was for sure a, a moment that I won't forget. And the fact that it was documented and it's on video so I can go back and watch it again um, means something to me. And then as a choreographer, Obviously winning, you know, winning my first world championship would always mean something with small senior X and, you know, helping choreograph that routine um, is something special. But I did have my my two, you know, like full circle moments. Uh, one this year, I will. Um, Name drop. Th- this, uh, this season was one of them. And then last season and this season, you know, both because we worked with them again. Um, I got to work with uh, my awesome friend, Jamie and Small. Uh, and we got to choreograph Twist and Shout Obsession um, on top of the, the rest of, of, of the Edmund location. Um, and then, like I said earlier, with Maryland Twisters F5, we got to choreograph them and then we got to do uh, three or four other routines there. It was just a full circle moment that it was like, it took me back to being that little boy on YouTube at like one or two o'clock in the morning, just like hitting refresh and trying to just like watch all these videos. And I just remember Obsession being one of them and Marilyn Twisters being one of them. And we had this conversation, like you knew F5 was like, that was my team. Like that's my team right there. Um, and so to say, I was able to do this routine when looking back at it, I remember saying like, I'm going to work with them one day. 
I'm going to work with them one day. And even my best friend was like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, you, I remember you saying that. And I was like, yeah. And, and so that's like a proud moment, you know, for me, um, as a choreographer, cause I get to work with, you know, awesome people, like I said, like Jamie and, um, who's been in the industry longer than I have. And, you know, to, to know that he knows who I am and to now these teams know who I am, not knowing that I idolize them, um, at some point in my career. And I still do obviously. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a proud moment, you know, and, and you, you, you sometimes get so wrapped up in all of the work, whether you're a coach an owner, a director, choreographer, whatever, you sometimes have to sit back and just kind of like, look back and be like, you know what? Tap yourself on the shoulder. You did that. You know, like that just shows that people are recognizing your work. And that you're what you're doing is right, and you're stepping in the right direction, uh, and just to keep going, you know. No, you should be proud of yourself, man. Like you know, obviously we coached together back in the day, you know, and it's like humble means, like right, you, like it's humble starts, and we're just coaching, trying to figure it out, you know, just trying to figure it out as coaches. And then I remember seeing you post on um, had to have been Instagram, maybe it was Facebook. I think it was Facebook. But I, I remember you posted, like, I got to work with one of my dream teams today, and it was Twist and Shout, right? And it said, like, I remember I called you, and I'm like, yo, who'd you work with? Like, and you're like, yo, I work with Obsession. I'm like, you work with Obsession? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? And I'm like, that's nuts. And then when we talked earlier this year, you're like, dude, guess who I got to work with? And I'm like, who? And at first, I guessed uh, Super Seniors. <laughs> I was like, Super Seniors? <laughs> you're like, No. <laughs> That was not shade towards super seniors. We love you, but Eddie, yeah, <laughs> but it was, you're like, no, um, <laughs> F5. I'm like, F5. Oh my God. Like, that's crazy. So like, that is just, and I'm so happy for you. I could only imagine how you, you know, you know, we don't want to like, no one wants to be like braggadocious, but you should be proud of yourself with everything you, that you've been able to accomplish in this in this industry and like the teams have been able to work with you mentioned small senior X. So like you, you should be proud of yourself and coaches take the time to be proud of yourself. Not that you're just sitting there like, you know, that you're too cool for school now all of a sudden, but just to look back and reflect and think about, even if you haven't done choreography for small senior X, just to think about like, you know, where did I come from and where am I at now? And just be like, man, I, I have come a long way you know, we went from practicing in the park to now we have our own gym. Right. And that, that's an accomplishment, you know, right. That like how many people can say they took a program from the park to the gym or whatever your success is. So don't forget to celebrate your success and Edwin, you should celebrate yours. You should be proud of yourself. So let me follow up with this real quick though. What is it like to get these phone calls and to work with these iconic teams in the industry, right? You're working with Obsession and it's like, man, my palms are a little sweaty right now. Like I'm a little bit more nervous than in the choreography that I was before work with F5 or, you know, some of these uh, cheer yeah, extreme I, teams. I'll say when I first got the the message from Jamie and to be like, hey, do you want to collaborate with, with Twist and Shout? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and then it didn't really hit me until like I finally got there and like, I pulled up to the, to the, to the parking lot. And then you walk into the gym and then you just see nothing but NCA trophies on the, 
NCAA trophies and then a mm-hmm. whole wall of just world's um, uh, titles in the lobby. And then you're like, I told myself, I was like, mm-hmm. wait, you're, you're at Twist and Shout. Like, you're here. And I was like, oh, Lord. And then yeah. you, I don't know. I, I can't describe the feeling. It was just like, okay, you're here. But then there's really only two options. You're either going to choke and you're going to get choreo block or choreographer's block, or you're going to, you know, step up to the challenge. And so I, I took myself back to that um, mentality of all the no's that I got, right? The no, no, no's from like back in the day. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm obviously here for a reason or else I wouldn't have gotten this call. And, and um, yeah, I just went in there and just, I just had fun. Like I, I, I took, I took away when I, when I walk into not just Twisted Shop, but to any, like one of these big programs in general, I take away the name. I take away the status. I just walk in there with a fresh mind and just ha- try to have fun with the kids. Because that's when I feel like my best work comes in. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, I'm, I'm going to bring flyers yeah. up. When, when you guys had flyers that one year and you called me. And in my mind, I mean, that, that flyers was, you know, they've been around forever. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to work with flyers. Like, I get to work with flyers. Mm-hmm. And then when I walked in, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. To this day, I still love that routine and that dance, baby. You couldn't tell me no different. That dance will still get a ten right here. Right here. <laughs> like, and you couldn't tell me any different. But it was because we were. I was able to. I took my my mind. Yeah. went away from you know the legacy and the titles and and all that. It's just go in and have fun with the kids. And so, yeah, child, I still watch yeah. that fire dance, and I'm like, mm-hmm. That myself. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> As you should. Okay, Eddie, let's get into these final four questions. What needs a start, stop, or change? You can answer any one of them. What needs a start, start, stop, or stop? change in the industry? Uh, negativity. Negativity across the board. Uh, whether it's social media or... Um, Coaches towards athletes, uh, choreographers against other choreographers, uh, gym owners versus other gym owners, all that needs to stop. It's it's not doing us any good at all. Um, I've experienced it firsthand when it comes to, you know, choreographers versus choreographers. And it's like, oh, you work with this team and I work with that team. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's cheerleading. Why don't we use, why don't we pour in these emotions and instill it into our athletes, instill it into our work, into our craft, um, rather than pinning against each other? You know, it's, it's a competitive world, yes, but at the end of the day, it, that negativity is not going to do anything for anyone. Um, definitely the Twitter, the, the Twitter wars and all that, uh, I'm, that definitely needs to stop. What needs to start is positivity for me. Uh, you know, if if someone if you're against someone and they win, okay, congratulate it and make it as a learning lesson and 
and allow yourself to um, learn from it and how do you become better? You know, because at the end of the day, that competitor is just going to make you a stronger, a, a stronger uh, competitor for them. And so, uh, yeah, I would say more positivity. Praise your your coaches, praise your directors. Uh, maybe not just even praise, support. You know, support them. You know, maybe you don't understand what your director, what your coach is doing, but maybe just support it and and um, make their job easier. Or your choreographer, you know, and and whatnot. I think that's just something that I've been seeing a lot of um, coaches leaving the industry because of, of, of the negativity and not there being much support. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what was the last question? Uh, stop, start or change starts change, change. What would I change? Uh, where do I start? Um, you know what I would change for me personally? I wish I could change for, again, this is for me. I wish I could change my schedule so I can see people like you more yeah. and Ashley and like my coaching friends, um, choreographer friends, you know, people in the industry that, that we all have this passion for. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, um, I could, I would change that for me if I could just to be able to spend more time with you guys. We should throw like a big cheer party. You know, it's funny. I went to Charisma's uh, owner, uh, South Bay Divas. I went to her 10 year mm-hmm. SBD anniversary. It was really cool. And it was really cool. Cause she invited, like she obviously invited Chris Cox, her choreographer and like the coaches from her gym. She and Dan, she invited Danielle um, Wick from SCV. And it was just really cool to be, Obviously, you know, South Bay, we go, you know, we're in we're in so many divisions against each other, right? That's how me and like Charisma really got to get to know each other is because we compete against each other so more. So there's like this competitive rivalry. But at the end of the day, we both know, like you said, it's just cheerleading at the end of the day. Like we're trying to do this for the kids and obviously we want to go out there and win. But at the end of the day, it's not worth like burning relationships over, right? And so, but it was really cool to get in this environment and just be there with other cheer coaches and you know other owners but not be like competitive right and just to be cool with each other and just share stories and reminisce and talk about man you think you got crazy moms i got crazy moms in my gym right i i didn't say that american <laughs> cheer moms you guys are the best it was all of them talking about but right but just to share like this common ground shit? right <laughs> so but that that was really cool so we need to throw a a, a cheer party and just get every, you know all of our coaching friends together, and you know just sit, chat, whatever. I guess that's why we go to conferences. But anyway, <laughs> well, you better, you better get ready because um, I'm actually going to be planning a 10 year anniversary for Win Choreography. Let's go! And so um, be on the lookout for that invite. Oh, believe <laughs> I'm having a 10 year at American too. We're at year, we're year number seven right now, so in a few years we are having a 10 year, you know, celebration. So just so everyone knows, you know, be on the lookout for your, uh, your invite, save the date right now. All right. So what is a, (laughs) what is a rumor myth or narrative that you want to debunk? Rumor, uh, that I'm coaching somewhere. 
or that I'm going to be coaching you. <laughs> he said that I'm going to be anybody coaching. Like, I ain't coaching that. anybody. <laughs> nah, that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was rumors that I was going to, you know, be coaching somewhere else and, and whatnot, and the answer is negative. I got gotcha. you. You know, Edwin, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot right now. Hey, if you ever want to come to America, you know, if you ever get tired you of the of the, better... the road life, you know that that living out of a suitcase life, you want to move up to beautiful Bakersfield, baby. You know, we got dwarves. What you know about that? We got dwarves. You know, <laughs> we probably in your little gift basket, oh, no, we probably gave just... you dwarves. No, and um, I'm assuming we had to give you dwarves in your gift basket. Those little chews. I don't remember. Which ones? The little chews. They're like little taffy things. And they have like um Maybe. they have like almonds in the middle. It's a, yeah, we had to have gotten you some of those. I know we got you like beef jerky and pistachios and like local, locally grown like Bakersfield things. But see, you could that could that could be yours at your disposal all, all the time. Uh, if I go to American, I I need a personal membership to uh What's it called? Luigi's? Yep. See? Let's go. You See, already look. know. Luigi. <laughs> oh. Luigi's lasagna. Here I and, come. And back when you were doing choreo, I didn't know that much about Luigi's. Now I know, like, the good stuff on the menu. Right? Everyone's like, everything's good. But there's, like, some really mm. good stuff. So I, I will get with the premium, premium stuff, you know. So, you know, we're out here. Open okay. door policy for our boy Edwin. <laughs> say less. Say less. All right, so who else should be on the show? Who else should we have as a guest on the show? I would love – well, actually, I don't even know if this person has been on it. Ray Jasper. That's what I'm talking about. Ray, you heard the man. Right? right? I'm actually cutting this clip. I'm yes. cutting this clip just so we can get Ray on. I need everyone to share it, yeah. like it, retweet. Like, we need Ray on Let's Talk Cheer. That was a good answer. Let's go. Yeah, I I have followed this this man's work forever. He's been such an inspiration. Um and just like seeing his his creations. Um yeah, I would love to get like insight on his on his thought process, his his brain, just like how he works. Cause I mean obviously all of us as choreographers, we all have a different way of working. Um but yeah, I think Ray would be a great addition. There we go. We're doing it. We're getting him on. Ray, you heard the man. Don't you're you're a man of the people, Ray. You're a man of the people. He's coming on the show, people. So when he comes on, we're gonna have a celebration. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Where can people, if they want to get in contact with you for choreography or follow your journey online, how can people reach out? How can people follow you on socials? Give it, you know, give us everything. Um, if you're interested in choreography, my website is www.winchoreography.com. Um, or you can email me here. <laughs> Info at winchoreography.com made by yours truly. Um, and then if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, which is EDM 12 underscore. Uh, usually I post, uh, little clips of, of choreo of teams. Um, it's a little bit of a balance of both, uh, whether it's choreo cheer and, you know, pictures of my dog. Um, 
And then you can also follow me on Twitter, which is Dancing Buddha, D A N C I N B O D D A. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have no Twitter, I mean, no TikTok, no whatever other stuff is around out and about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be hating on TikTok. Your boy's on TikTok. Hey, I'm on oh, TikTok I- now, so make sure y'all um, follow your boy, I'm Jason not- C. Larkins. <laughs> I'm not hating at all. Trust me. It's just too much to handle. It's just too much to keep yeah. up. Yeah, I know. See, dude, I'm telling I you. Keep- I can't keep up with Jason Larkins. For sure. Dude, yeah. You're- no, you're doing-, you're doing the most. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Edward, you've been a fantastic guest. You are welcome back anytime. All right. I appreciate it. And it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for having me. Eddie, thank you again for coming on the show. Glad to hear that you are doing so well and glad that we are able to connect. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Take the survey. Make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight, we're out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom Podcast is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.